so since we last spoke, I think I've moved across three different countries. Oh, okay, Thailand. Okay, I was like, right, what? I was in Thailand. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? Thailand, then Singapore. Then I had this brief layover in Taipei, which was eh, not that great. And then back to New Mexico. When you say layover, I mean, is it like, did you spend a night in a bed? Because that's my requirement nope. for like, you know, yeah, if it's like... Consider a layover. No, it was four hours at Taipei Airport and the food uh, wasn't great. I mean, the, those I just kind of think of as like, it's you're in transit. It doesn't kind of like, it doesn't count. It's kind of like technically, and sorry, uh, there was a bit of like, <laughs> I don't know how much of that you can hear through Zoom, but there's like a I bit of like, okay. okay, good. Zoom's noise suppression is very good, but I'm sure... Mm. Um, in editing, this will be very clear that there is a lot of like, like you know, wind noise. Um, is it which, windy in Singapore right now? No, it's not wind. It's it's not windy, right? It is okay. um, the sound of um, it's it's plosive popping basically. Uh, although see, it yes. seems to be more prominent with the t rather than the. P well, it is windy right now in New Mexico. It's been strange. I mean, what one? I mean. Why I brought up this whole moving countries thing is that right. you know adjusting every time I shift countries, readjusting back to the the weather and the climate right. is is always a challenge. And uh, New Mexico right now we're in the middle of summer, mm -hmm. uh, and we are in the middle of one I think the hottest summers ever recorded. Okay, so it has been. Unbelievably hot. When and you say how hot is, is that, and in Celsius, please. Mid afternoon. Uh, yeah, I I refuse to bow to the Fahrenheit uh, the Fahrenheit mafia. Um, mid afternoon temperatures about thirty seven centigrade. That's rough. That is yeah. rough. And yeah. you know we're not getting it the worst, right? In uh, Texas is right now experiencing one of their worst heat waves ever recorded. I think up to forty ish degrees in the afternoon as well. So it's 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 heavy, right? Yeah, I. Oof. Yeah, that's 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 tough, especially if there's no cloud cover. Yeah, but this morning, for some reason, we have cloud cover. Okay. Uh, it's it's been drizzling most of the morning, but then again, most of the mornings here. I mean, this is the desert, right? So the desert, mm. the 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 land absorbs and radiates heat fast. So our mornings are usually very cool. But our afternoons are usually really hot. Right. Right. I guess that kind of makes sense. Yeah. 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 Speaking of deserts, I mean, okay. Um, I found out recently that there is such a thing as a desert in the ocean. Um, I don't know what the term for it. The, the exact term for it kind of escapes me at the moment. But um, there is a spot which is, I think, called the South Pacific Jaya, let me mm -hmm. let me pull that up. Um, but basically, the ah yep, yeah, there it is. The currents, the ocean currents, um, they flow in such a way that that is the spot uh, in the ocean where there are no like there are no like nutrients there basically, oh. um, and so there is not much life over there. Like there is some. Right, but it is very, very. It's is effectively a, a um, 
what it's a watery desert I mean for lack of a I don't know how to describe it it's a localized patch of low nutrient availability basically yes yep then um, you know at the oceanographic level a lot of these things are driven by currents that you know I mean one of the things that's that's driving the current weather pattern and it's interesting um, so we have just left a period of La Nina uh, uh, yeah. climate or uh, weather, right? And we are now transitioning into an El Nino cycle. I think it's just been confirmed a few months ago by the NOAA that uh, El Nino has officially begun. Okay. Um, and, and the interesting thing... El, El, about, yeah. El Nino or La Nina? And La Nina. Which one, which one has just begun? So we have just begun an El Nino. Basically. We have just begun an El Nino. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and the thing is that... Um, the effects are not super apparent yet, uh, but basically what happens is that El Nino, in Southeast Asia, obviously, we associate El Nino with dry weather. Yes. Right? No rain for months. Yeah. But the opposite happens on the other side of the Pacific, right? Because this is a Pacific-wide sort of phenomenon, right? Right. And so what happens on the Southeast Asian side of the Pacific is mirrored on the opposite by the uh, uh, the Californian site and the sort of the, the Western U.S. and uh, South right. American site of, right. of the Pacific. So the El Nino should bring heavy rains to California to you know the Southwest, right? Which of course, in the case of California, will mean floods, right? After <laughs> right, uh, California has its shit either way, right? When it's dry, they have fires. When it's wet, they have floods, right? Which is interesting. You know, years of in that, in the sense that, because um, normally when you talk about living in California, like one of the benefits that's often touted is that it is quote unquote good weather, which uh. is good weather in the sense of like you know it doesn't get too hot, doesn't get too cold, but uh, that's only if you are not affected by some of these weather extremes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and so the reason why I bring this up is because um, this all has something to do with upwelling as well. Uh, what I is cannot, upwelling? I think okay. So what happens on the the Pacific coast of California is that during an El Nino, I might be getting this wrong. I have to look this up again, right? Because El Nino is associated with higher amounts of con. Actually, no, I don't. Don't ask me. Basically, yeah. Yes, but basically. You know the the surface level effects obviously are precipitation, but uh-huh. there is also a subsurface level oceanic effect which affects upwelling okay. of nutrients. Right, right, and that also right. affects the. Uh, I mean, that obviously has an effect on the amount of precipitation, but it also right. has effect on the the amount of nutrients in the localized region, right. which then also affects the amount of uh, biodiversity that can occur there. Right. Okay. And that's quite cool. So upwelling of nutrients will bring fish, and then these fish will bring whales, and then, you know, obviously birds will show up there as well. So it's a very interesting phenomenon, basically. Right. So the reason that I found out about the South Pacific Gyre, 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 what? what Gyre, Gyre, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, unfortunately, it's unavoidable, really. Um, it was because uh, I ended up on a Wikipedia, you know, spree um, <laughs> during the whole Titan submersible oh, uh, God, saga. Oh, you were following that. I wasn't, um, okay. 
I mean, I was curious, right? Which yes. is kind of the point of well, it's, you know, the monkey mind and uh. Wikipedia, like breadcrumb trails. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, made that's for each other. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I was kind of, you know, thinking about like, oh, you know, submersibles, the ocean in general, and just like following the, the, the Wikipedia breadcrumbs. Anyway, um, I just put this Wikipedia page in the show notes, which I kind of thought is, I mean, it amused me, so I guess that's sufficient. Yeah. Um, so the idea of the pole of inaccessibility, which is kind of um, right. a, you can think of it as a geometry problem or a cartographic problem. Uh, I think most of the time it's kind of like a, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm not sure of the details exactly, like how they do these calculations, right? Um but the pole of inaccessibility is basically the a, a point right on Earth that is the farthest in any direction to some kind of um, border that that you're talking land about. Mass. So, not a landmass necessarily. Landmass oh. only because I think you've clicked the the bookmark and it goes to uh, oceanic pole of inaccessibility. Yes, but <laughs> uh, yes. But if you look at like mm, northern, southern pole of inaccessibility or continental poles of inaccessibility, right? That would be like, okay, the, the point on Antarctica, for example, that is the farthest from, you know, from, um, the coast in any direction. That would be the southern pole of inaccessibility, right? And same for the continental ones. The oceanic pole of inaccessibility is the point in the, Anywhere in the Earth's oceans that is the farthest point um, from any yeah. coast. I mean, this still, is actually right? a very interesting. Yeah, this is an interesting cartographical problem actually that I've had to deal with as someone who does cartography. Right. Right. How do you compute? Say for for continental poles of inaccessibility, how do you compute the centroid of a landmass? Right. Okay, wait, before you go on, right. before you go yeah. on there, okay. um, the reason, that tangent, yes, yes, the, the tangent that's gonna be, you know, not a tangent at all, but, um, before you go there, the reason that I thought this was fun is, um, there is this, if you look at the Wikipedia page, right, it says that the area is so remote, uh, oh, by the way, the oceanic pole of inaccessibility is called Point Nemo, mm-hmm. um, after Captain Nemo from two, 20,000 leagues under the sea. Um, yes. The area is so remote that sometimes the closest human beings are astronauts aboard the ISS. Yes. Which um, it says, okay, it's as with any location more than 400 k- kilometers from an inhabited area. I don't know how many of those areas exist. I, I would be curious to know, actually. Um, because I-, I-, I wonder if like there are land masses... Or like locations on land masses that meet this criteria. I mean, kind of hard to imagine, um, as opposed to you know areas in the ocean, which it's easier to say with some certainty that hey, in this range there are no, there's no human settlement, right? With yeah. land, you can never really be sure. Anyway, um, yeah. yeah. Okay, now go ahead. Uh, how do you calculate the centroid of a land mass? So the question, yeah. So I mean, it, it is an interesting question, right? How would you Calculate the center point of any landmass, right? Right. Uh, given that obviously landmasses have irregular shapes, yeah, irregular sizes. 
I mean, let's not even get into the, the problem of whether or not these land masses have constant shapes, right? Given mm. that, you know, we have tides, sea levels have changed over the last 20,000, 2 million years. Um, and so, you know, yeah, basically calculating the, the, the center point actually is a, can sometimes be a surprisingly interesting question, right? Mm. One way to do it, obviously, is to draw like a, a circle around the landmass, right? That touches all the tips of the landmass. So, or, uh, uh, circum... Know, bounce. Uh, what was it? Uh, circum... I forget the term for it. Circumscribe. Circumscription? Circumscribe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Correct, yeah. To circumscribe the landmass and then use the center of that circle as the point. But is that really the best possible way, right? Or can you draw a minimum convex hull, which is not necessarily what a circle? What is that? Minimum convex hull? A minimum convex hull is a <laughs> is a shape that oh how the fuck do I describe this? Um, it is another way of approximating a circle like shape, but in this case, it can be an ellipse. Right. Okay. Right. right. So it is the minimum, the minimum possible shape where all the surfaces are convex. Ah. Uh, okay. I got it. Yes. Understood. And then you try to find the centroid from there. Right. Okay. So, yes. So this is a complicated problem because if I say I want to calculate the distance from Africa to South America, which which point to point do I consider? The shoreline? The right. centroid? And then what do you mean by centroid? So it's actually a a problem that, that you know, we don't often think about. But when we actually have to do these calculations, it matters. Right. Right, and okay, I'm 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 going back to something that you said, which you, you just mentioned casually, but uh, it reminded me of something that I, a podcast episode that I listened to, um, which I heard it on Planet Money, but I think the original reporting was done by uh, on a podcast called La Brega, um, okay, and basically what happened. Um, the reporting that was done in the episode, and I cannot remember the de- the details, but basically there is an important um, kind of like law, right, or you know, social social political understanding, I guess, right, about um, the beaches in Puerto Rico. That um, there is a section of 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 the beach, right, that is regarded as public property, uh, and when the Spanish colonized um, Puerto Rico, they instituted the law defining what part of the beach was common property. And unfortunately, it was very, very vague. Vague, of course, mm. being um, originally what the French word for wave, I guess. But um, <laughs> why that's relevant is because... Uh, let me see if I can find the... Let me see if I can find the actual definition, which um, is going to be in Spanish, of course. Uh, mm. Let's see. So, law, law, law. Okay. So, the the concept of the maritime terrestrial zone, it establishes mm. by law that anywhere where the tides can be measured that are sensible the high right. tide will mark common public land. Ah, now, yes. Do you okay. see the problem? 
Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 Exactly. Yes. And so, so I mean, this is actually a, yeah. it. It 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 becomes like um, the reporting that they did uh, in this in this episode, which I highly recommend. Like, um, is is really good, but it's like all these. Firstly, like, <laughs> why did they write the law like that? But the questions that you end up with are like, okay, I want to build a beachfront property. Mm-hmm. Right, how far can I go before I start to encroach on public land? Well, yes. <laughs> now how are you going to go and do this measurement, right? Because obviously, if you're building a beachfront property like for sale in the private market, like that's going to be you want it as close to the beach as possible, right? Uh, yep. And and yeah, and so it's really interesting, um, and they go into a bunch of detail that I cannot remember, but. Um, the, literally a thing that. I mean, it must cost a fortune just hiring surveyors to do all of that right. uh, surveying work on the ground in the first place, right? Right, exactly. So you would think. I mean, I I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know the details. Uh, and they also pointed right. out that again, because this was a colonial law, right? There is an element mm-hmm. of, um, there is an element of like. You, you cannot really discard the colonial context because this is a law that may have made sense in Spain, <laughs> but sure. may, does not really make sense um, in Puerto Rico, basically. So anyway, no. yeah. Um, at least, you know, scan the transcript if you don't want to don't listen to it. But yes, I highly recommend it. I will look into it at some point. Yep. It sounds like a very interesting geographical problem. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And and the problem now is that as I progress in my career, I'm seeing a lot more geography in my work ah. than biology sometimes. I mean, I am a biogeographer, so you know this is par for the course. But the as opposed time, to a oh. geobiologist. Uh, not just a, you know a, a molecular evolutionary biologist. I'm now a biogeographer. Right. Right. Yes. This is my official. Official uh, 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 title in the sense, uh, right? Like that's what you know. If people when, ask me when you have to write a research statement, yes, that's yes, that's what goes on it. Okay. Yes. Okay. Where were we? Um, Zelda. <laughs> that's, right, right. That, that's where we are going. Okay. Well, yes. I mean, partly. Oh, I thought. Yeah. When you said desert, I thought you were immediately going to go to the Gerido Desert. But that's uh, I wasn't. Um, no, no, that's not. I, I. I was like, no. This cool thing that I read on Wikipedia. No. Yeah. Very good. I have been. Well, I actually am literally now playing uh, the Legend of Zelda. Um, clearly, you know, me being very much behind the times, I am uh-huh. now just starting to play Breath of the Wild. Right. And it is certainly an experience. I can right. see why people compare uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus to Breath of the Wild or Dark Souls. Right. Because holy shit, this game. Yes. What the hell? Yes. So, I mean, <laughs> let's maybe do a bit of like context here, right? So, Breath of the yes, Wild came setting. out in 2017. It, 2017, 2017, right? Yeah. It was... Um, uh, I guess you can say it was a launch game for the Switch, right? As in... Oh, it was, yes. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. they released the Nintendo Switch, they released this game along with it, but it was mm. not a bundled title, right? They right. basically said, right. they basically said, hey, um, you know, here, here, here's a new console system and, uh, yes. here's a game. Here's a prestige uh, which, game to go with it. Yeah, which you have to buy separately. 
even though it's like bucks, you know, sixty bucks. Yeah, even though it's a flagship, you know, flagship title yeah. from Nintendo and blah 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 blah. Anyway, uh, I was listening on um, the Quiet Podcast. They did a, a couple of episodes, I think, on Nintendo. Um, I think they did two separate episodes on Nintendo. Uh, and honestly, this was one of the reasons I ended up going to play um, Breath of the Wild because actually I, I had not, when I listened to this episode, I had not started playing Breath of the Wild. The episode came out on right. April 11th, 2023. So I can, I'm not much Ooh. more ahead of you. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. In, in the times. But you've been playing Tears of the Kingdom as well. So, I, you know, I have, which we will, which we will get to. Um, so, Acquired is a podcast about business. Um, right. and the, the, the origin of the podcast was these are two people who work in venture capital, uh, at the time, not in Silicon Valley. I think when they started it, they were based in Seattle. Um, okay. And the original idea was just they both worked for a venture capital fund and they were like, let's do a podcast where we analyze, uh, acquisitions. <laughs> that hence the name acquired. Right. So it's yes, you know kind of, of niche, course. right? It's like ah, uh, okay, here's an technology. This is a technology acquisition. Did it go well? Did it go badly? What could have gone better? Blah blah blah, kind of thing. Then over time, sure. it evolved into a much more <laughs> general, like, hey, let's look at how a company came to be. Right. So right, right. now it's much more about corporate history. Um, mm. and they kind of look at, you know, how a company started, how it came to become dominant, um, governance, I'm assuming. Governance as well, yeah, and then they, um, also, you know, talk about, like, how do they maintain, um, a prime position, basically, right? Like, what yeah. do they do right? Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. um, yeah, if you go back in, in their back catalogue, they have some really interesting episodes, they, you know, um, TSMC, Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing mm. Company, uh, Nintendo yep. is a is a good one. Um, they just did one on Porsche. Um, I've never heard of Porsche before. You've never ever heard of Porsche before. Have am I supposed to have? Yes, you are. You are the car company. Oh, Porsche. Okay, yes. sorry. I thought. I uh, sorry. My brain was thinking of the spider, the jumping spider genus Porsche, as in. Shakespeare's uh, oh, Porsche. I see, I see. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Porsche no, Porsche the car company. Yeah. Right. So okay. yeah, yes. and, and they dig really deep. Each episode is in you're talking like two to four hours basically. Oh that oh, two to four hours? Yeah. Oh they did one on nice. uh Amazon and AWS. So Amazon was one episode, right. AWS okay. was another episode. So anyway, Oof. um Can yeah. Imagine. So on Nintendo, um, on the Nintendo episode of Acquired, they actually pointed out that, um, I, there is a term for this, I forget, like, is it the attach rate or something that refers to, um, basically the ratio of people who own the console and mm. the ratio of people who own, like, a game or, uh, an accessory or whatever. I think it's sure. called the attach rate. So, Apparently, for Breath of the Wild, at launch, it was one-to-one. -one. Meaning, right. people walked into the shop and, invariably, they left with both the Switch and the game. Right. Which, I mean, you can attribute it to being a launch title. It's like, what else are they going to play, right? Sure, but, yeah. But right. still, yes, I mean, exactly. the fact that it was sustained for quite a while, I think, tells you that it's... Yeah. 
Um, I mean, Nintendo just like they just came out of the gate with this one when they launched yep. the Switch, basically. Um, did this game did, did uh, Breath of the Wild ever win like Game of the Year or something like that? Probably, probably. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it did actually. Game of the Year 2017. I mean, I, if it's not Breath of the Wild, yeah, it's Breath of the Wild. <laughs> okay, there we go. I mean, okay, well, mm. I, I don't need to put mm. that in in the show notes. I mean, I'm sure you can Google it yourself. <laughs> no, I don't think so. so, um, and I mean, this year, okay, this year there's maybe some competition because this is Tears of the Kingdom, right? This is Tears of the Kingdom year, but uh, Final Diablo Fantasy 16, that Di- Diablo Four, mm. yeah. Uh, and actually, again, there was a Planet Money episode on this just recently. Basically, they said that, but the pandemic caused all these triple A games to be backed up in the pipeline. Oh, <laughs> and which is why they are well, all yeah. coming out this year. Right, shit. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Good God. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> this is well, like, I mean also the fact It's actually kinda of wild that that none of these games is a true in for game of the year if you think about it. It's it's crazy. Right? Shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean wait, are there any other triple A game titles that are coming out this year as well? Uh, uh, I mean I'm sure there are. I actually don't follow New games that closely. That's but, true. Yeah. yeah, I don't follow that either. Yeah. Well, but yeah. in any case, it is a, it is an interesting year, for, definitely for for gaming. Yeah. Yeah. So there were actually two reasons yes. that so I the- suddenly picked up Breath of the Wild. So one was okay. listening to this episode and hearing um the hearing hearing them talk so effusively about Breath of the Wild, basically <laughs> <laughs> on like a business podcast. Um, the sure. other was that. Um, I follow Games Done Quick quite religiously, mm. and this yes. uh, summer Games Done Quick, which just was over, uh, which happened in like May to June, um, there was a blindfolded Breath of the Wild speedrun, <laughs> which um, at this point, completely awful. yeah. Let me just put in the show notes to get the video, um, but. It is mental, right? And so the blindfolded runner, Bubsia, he has done blindfolded runs in the past before. Um, and I figured that between hearing good things about Breath of the Wild, between all the excitement about Tears of the Kingdom and then having the yes. blindfolded Breath of the Wild run on the schedule, I was like, eh, well, I, I want to... Um, See what the hype is. Yeah, exactly. I want to, like, you know, be able to have the the this shared fun that everybody is having. So sure. I went and I okay and the, maybe the other side of it is I have been curious about Zelda for a while. So okay. you know I have Nintendo Switch online. Um mm. they have you know you can get all the old NES, SNES, um N64 games, right? Um you can play Ocarina of Time um mm-hmm. on the Switch. Don't uh, you can play the original <laughs> Legend of Zelda on the Switch, right? Right. The infamously difficult, like, difficult in a sense, like, because there, there's no, it's, you know, similar to Breath of the Wild in a sense, or, or similar to, I guess, like, more Zelda games, right? Where there are no instructions. It's like, yeah, you, you start the game, and, you... and then it's like, ah, yeah, here are some, like, very basic weapons, nah, go. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. And so, like, you know, I, I tried the NES Zelda. Uh, I probably, as a kid, probably, you know, tried it on the Game Boy and was yes, like, I remember playing like, one uh, Zelda. I don't know what's happening. Point. And then you just, 
yes. give up, right? So it never really stopped. smash and die. Yeah, I tried the Ocarina <laughs> of Time, um, the Nintendo Switch Online version. Um, there are lots of reasons not to play the NSO version. I uh, just could not get into it. And and basically, I was like, you know, I was like, okay, you know, it is famously cryptic. I will follow a guide and try and play along. And yes. like when I followed the guide, I was like, how the hell are you supposed to understand what to do in the game? Because in right? Ocarina of Time, which I think you experience in probably in Breath of the Wild as well, but uh, in Ocarina of Time, like, you know, one of the very first things that happens is you um, go inside the Great Deku Tree, and then, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know, it is a it is a dungeon. It's a Zelda dungeon, right? You have the enemies. Okay, and I have made it as far as the Great Deku Tree. I have got the Master Sword. Ah, okay, cool. <laughs> How many um, Divine Beasts are you Divine at? Divine Beasts? Yeah. Two. Two, okay. So, the thing about um, the Ocarina I'm of Time... I'm clearly fucking around with continuity, but yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, it is open world, so they kind of bring it upon themselves. It is open world, yes. When they do that. So exactly, yes. In, in, in Ocarina of Time, there is like a part where, like at the very beginning, you go inside the Great Akutri, that is your first dungeon. Um, right. And then... Oh, okay. Yeah. And then, you know, you kind of like go around and you like shoot some enemies. And because it's the first 3D, 3D Zelda game, there is a... Uh, they give you a, a guide called Navi because the you know right. this oh, yes, is a fairy, fairy that is your yes. navigator. Hey, yeah, hey. exactly. And like at various points, they just go, "Hey, right, hey, hey. listen." <laughs> um, and and then right at one point, I walked into a room, and um, then you know the door closes behind you, which is again like. Which does uh-huh. still happen in modern Zelda, right? When they want you to, yes, very much so. Yeah, when you, when they want you to do some kind Figure of gauntlet, basically, yes. Um, yes. And so, yeah, the, the the door closes, and then, um, and then like you you do a uh, you you jump around a little bit, and then like basically you end up in a spot where you cannot climb up, and then Navi is like mm. going like, "Hey, look, there's a ladder there." Maybe uh, we can make it drop down. Also, I can't remember what it is. And I'm like, why are you? What am I supposed to do? And then I basically <laughs> just got stuck there. And then I had to Google. And apparently, the answer is that you have to hit it with your slingshot to make the ladder come down. Oh yes. And then you have. Then that's how you climb out. And then after that, then there is a famous kind of portion, right, where basically you walk into the Great Deku Tree, and Navi is like, "Hey, look! Uh, look at the ground. There is like, you know, it looks like a spider web thing going on there." Um, um, and I can't remember what else Navi says. And you know what this sounds like? This sounds like bad documentation. Uh, mm, uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> a little bit, yes. So, uh, basically what happens, right, is um, when you go into a great Deku tree, what you're supposed to do is basically, you know, you go up and then from the top, you are supposed to jump down and smash through the webbing. Right. And you're supposed to that you smash through a webbing and then you get to the bottom and then you can continue a dungeon. And I mean this for me, like having not completed or seriously played a Zelda game before, I was like, I no, I'm 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 like nothing makes sense. I don't How get it. How the hell is anyone supposed to know this in the first place? Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Noble. Exactly. So I, I was like, I, I I don't get it. Like I guess maybe the old Zelda games, um I don't know if they're for me necessarily. But then I was still, you know, okay, if I wanted to play Zelda, I, I looked up, right? Like, if I have a Switch and I want to play Zelda, 
and I'm new to Zelda, what should I play? And so the three recommendations that I came across were Breath of the Wild, Link's Awakening, mm-hmm. the, the Switch oh, Remaster, because okay. Link's Awakening is a 2D game for, uh, I want to say the GBA. Right. I, I can't remember. Um, then they made a, a, a Switch version uh, with, you know, modern 3D graphics, but the game mechanics are still 2D. Um, mm. And then um, Ocarina of Time. Because right. it is... It really is the game that casts an extremely large shadow over every Zelda game that came after. So, mm. um, yeah, so I tried Ocarina of Time since it was in my NSO subscription, right? And then I was like, I don't understand shit. <laughs> so I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe the old school Zelda games, maybe that's something that I don't understand yet. And um, so I tried Breath of the Wild, which is infinitely more accessible in my opinion yes but okay right. it is also relative to how much how familiar you already are with 3D gaming possibly mm-hmm. yeah so so okay basically what you're saying is that if you want to get into Zelda gaming start with Pokemon Legends Arceus um <laughs> I don't even know if I would say that I would say I think PLA is even more guided than Breath of the Wild yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, it's more guided. So yeah. you, you start with that, you know, that hand holding, and then you slowly become more autonomous. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. Right? Which at least Pokemon doesn't have any hidden mechanics that that you know will confuzzle the user. Ooh. In this case, I'm I'm this I'm you know I am okay. Hang on, I want to check how many hours in I am right now. I might not be able to, but nonetheless, I am at least hundred hours in into Breath of the Wild. Point. Okay, well, not hundred, maybe fifty OPLA. hours. 50 hours. Which which right. game are we talking and, about? And uh, Breath of the Wild. Okay. I, have, I have not started Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, yeah. um, I'm about 50, 50-ish hours into this game and I am still discovering new fucking mechanics. Oh yeah, of course. I, <laughs> That's very what normal. What the hell? What the shitting hell? It's like, oh, there is this shrine. Okay, <clears throat> before that digression, who the hell is the contractor? Oh, no, um, for these <laughs> Zelda games, it's not the case that all Zelda games are first party, but I believe these were, these are first party. No, 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 as in, as in, as in, within the game, who's building these shrines? Oh, I see. Who is there? Mr. Pachukang, who is building the shrines? I see. Because, I mean, good workmanship aside, bloody hell. <laughs> you mean like, yeah. Can, can you imagine being a construction it's bigger worker on the inside? in the Zelda universe? <laughs> Oh, right, yeah. you Number wait one. for Tears oh. of the Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> Where? Can you imagine being a contractor mm. and then some some strange-ass shaker comes up to you and goes, Hey, by the way, I want about 120 of these. <laughs> they yeah. must be about, about six stories deep, but each floor is about maybe 10 meters. So that's 60 meters deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean because I okay. How far along? Where? Which places have you visited so far in Breath of the Wild? I have I have unlocked the whole map. Okay, you have unlocked have the whole been map. Drifting around. Okay, I have unlocked the whole map. I have been to every single major city. I believe. Okay. Except I've I've except the outskirts of Hyrule Castle. Mm, okay. Um, I'm basically trying to max out my armor before I take out the two the next two. Uh, 
uh, divine beings. Ah, uh, of course you would. Um, because I have not. Because I'm one of those people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you say max out, you mean level four? Level or level four. two? I mean, I know there's level five. Level no, there, there's no level five as far as I'm aware. Oh, okay. Um, level four, yes. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, because I've definitely done the thing where I'm like, for example, I highly recommend, um, getting the rubber helm before you do, um, Va Naboris, which is the, the Gerudo, right, um, the Divine Beast. Light. Um, yes, apparently like, the most, even more difficult than Calamity Ganon? In I my know. opinion. Well, I mean, I've been reading Reddit and yeah. a few other places. I think okay, I'll, to be fair, I've been, I've been, I've been cheating. Well, not cheating, but I've just been giving up and checking the guides. Right. Fuck it. I mean, there are, Life's too for, short. for Breath of the Wild, there were a lot of things that I checked guides for, um, but right. I think for the most part, um, I'm trying to remember, I think the, the, so I did, um, Varuta first, and that one yes, I definitely looked same. at a guide, um, mm. then I did the other three Divine Beasts, I believe I did not, um, look at guides for, okay. For one of them, I think for maybe Varudania, I think um, the Fire Blight Ganon fight, I think I looked at a guide for that. Right. And I then, did, so I'm, yeah. I'm done with Varuta and Varmedo. Varmedo's fight and the boss fight was surprisingly easy. Varmedo, the, yeah, um, Wind Blight is not that challenging in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, because you just shoot him down and you just smash him with. Yeah, basically. Melee. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think um for I mean for okay, so you're coming up on um Varudania and your and Varu uh Naboris. So I think for both of those yes. it's definitely beneficial to have the corresponding level two armor where you get the flame breaker armor mm. and you cannot get burnt, you get the yep. um rubber armor and you cannot be uh electrocuted. Yes. So Okay, but so this is this okay. Yeah. Hear me out here. So the prop okay, I've never got myself diagnosed with ADHD. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I have ADHD, but people say that I exhibit ADHD-like symptoms. This fucking game, mm-hmm. <laughs> you you know, you tell yourself, okay, I'm going to go after this goal. I'm going to farm, say, luminous stones mm-hmm. because I need the I need the rupees, mm. and then invariably you get sidetracked yeah. by something, and then you completely forget what the fuck you are. Yeah, trying to do. yeah, it happens all the time. Yes. <laughs> and then, you know, and and the problem is okay. This I I found I found this game interesting because <clears throat> Pokemon I can play for hours and hours and hours and hours nonstop. Yeah, right. But with Breath of the Wild, I have to stop. Interesting. I actually physically get mentally, or I actually mentally get exhausted after a certain amount of time. Interesting. I mean, okay, partly because some of the sort of, you know, the intermediate tasks, right? right climbing, uh-huh. passing around the map, actually takes time. Yes. Yes. It's slow. Yeah. Right? Perhaps intentionally so. And so I actually feel like I need to take breaks in between, like, sessions. Right. I don't think this is a function of me getting older and, and less patient. Right. It's really just that it requires so much focus... You know, plus you are going to be encountering things. Right. Right. Whether it's monsters or whether it's fucking lightning storms. Mm, yes. 
or you know cold weather or whatever, right? You have to change your armor on the fly mm. for different circumstances, and so it's actually, you know, it has a huge cognitive load, shall we yes. say? Yes. Yeah. And, and I cannot tahan this for too long. Interesting. Because I think when I started playing Breath of the Wild, there's definitely a learning curve. Um, yes. And I, I mean, I, I have never had anybody tell me that, um, you know, you exhibit ADHD symptoms, right? I've often huh. felt like, you know, maybe, um, like I would like to be able to be more focused, right? But. Right. When I actually you know look up the list of ADHD symptoms, I'm like, no, that whatever my experience mm. is does not rise to this level. Maybe of, I'm just yeah, maybe yeah. I'm just not focused. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I don't exactly experience what <coughs> you um what you 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 do. Although the 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 thing about the distractions that's definitely there, and I think it is very uh it especially happens right if you are if you have multiple goals. That are mm, yes. um, all competing for your attention, right? Then correct. So no, no one clear priority. So correct. it's like it took me, I think, four days to get the flame breaker armor. Yep. Because every time I go and try to get, you know, the the the, the what the fireproof or heatproof lizard. Yes. Right. I invariably get sidetracked by something. Right. Whether it's another shrine to 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 open, or whether it's you know, I I need. Uh, yeah, whatever, you right. know, I need something else on the way and then I get sidetracked by that. I think, okay, so I think for Breath of the Wild, for me personally, one um, reason that I was a bit more focused, so as as maybe <laughs> a... Tears of the Kingdom is worse. Yes. So here's the thing, oh, like my Christ. my completion, what happens after you defeat um, Dark Beast Ganon is you actually get a percentage completion um, number yes. on your map. I've heard of that. And um, yeah. now, after 145 hours in Breath of the Wild, my percentage completion is under 20%. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. So, oh, I think God. part of that is, part of <clears throat> that is, um, has to do with just learning the game mechanics to begin with, right? Because, yes, mm. there are some game mechanics that are very common to 3D games, like, you know, ZL... Or left trigger to like recenter the camera, yep. left stick for movement, right stick for camera, and then right trigger for some kind of you know like shooting or whatever action. Um, you know, yes. Like, you know, Pokemon Scarlet Violet, right, has a very similar kind of like fly, um, camera, mm. whatever mechanics. So, um, in those are which actually really began in Pokemon. Just to sidetrack with the Latios Latias flying mini game in uh. I want to say X and Y, right? Which I did not play. Um, which but you should, you I need will to get to at some point. Well, I mean, I will, but yes, that's maybe point. a discussion for another time. Um, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, for me, actually, a lot of that muscle memory comes from Jet Set Radio Future, which was the first. Ah, okay. Maybe it might be the first three D game that I completed, actually. Um, okay. yeah, so that's, that's where a lot of that came from because it's exactly the same. Which is another interesting point to note about, um, Ocarina of Time. Because being the first 3D Zelda and being in that first generation of 3D capable consoles, right? Mm. The conventions that we have now, they're not established at the time. 
Yes. And so Super Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time, like, um, very influential and part of why they're considered groundbreaking games, I think, is because they kind of, um, taught people, right? Okay, these are the things that you need to think about when you're playing or developing a 3D game. Like, now you have a camera. Mm. Now you need to find a way to direct your because you're no longer just dealing with four cardinal directions or maybe eight if you include the diagonals, right? You actually have yeah. to deal with the user, the the player character is in this world and their attention can be anywhere, right? So how yes. do you get them, how do you point them in the correct direction? And so one of the things that um, I've heard people may mention as a potential kind of uh, I don't know if liability is the word. It's not really a liability, especially not at this point. But the Nintendo 64 controller is a classic. And there is a reason that no modern controller looks like that. Right? The Nintendo 64 controller, if you're not right. familiar with it, is the three-pronged controller. Um, yes. Yeah. Mm. So what Nintendo did with um, the N64... Is I mean, if you're playing... Oh, uh, I just clicked on like the first hit for N64 controller and it's the modern-day Switch-compatible version, which I'm not oh, going to link right. to. Um, but it's the three-pronged controller, right? And yes. so you have the D-pad uh, on the left, just like, you know, the old classic consoles. Then on the right, you have what looks like another d-pad but is not really another d-pad they are point they the the they have arrows on them right up down left right um mm, yeah. but these are referred to as the c buttons the yellow buttons c are referred to as the c buttons then oh. below that you have a and b um, mm. which are your standard you know action cancel kind of buttons and then there is a big red start yes. button in the middle then on the back, right? Oh, I shouldn't say on the back. Now, I mentioned there are three prongs, right? And what I've described yes. is, you know, you can imagine a two-pronged controller having that. The third prong is in the middle and it has an analog stick. What today we would refer to as an analog stick. Right. So my understanding is that the analog stick was put in there because it's a 3D console. Right and mm. you know in the two D world, yes, you can get away with up, down, left, right. In a three D world, you need some way of controlling your in, Z. Well, your 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 Z, but also you no longer have just up, down, left, right. You should be yeah. able to turn in any of the three hundred and sixty yes. degrees, right? Um, yes. Yeah. So, um, if you've ever seen a you know the Nintendo Wii nunchuck, it kind of looks like that, but attached to the middle oh. of the controller. Right? Right, right, right. Okay, okay. And then, yeah, 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 yeah. if you are holding that middle prong, on the back of that, there is a button called the Z button. Um, right. And that is a, a trigger. I believe there are left and right triggers as well on, on, the, on the N64 controller. So, the way that Nintendo did this was they basically said like, hey, here is a controller and um, yes, there are three prongs and you only have two hands, but the mm. idea is that various games, right, will offer various different grips. 
Now, nothing right. about yeah, this is yeah. ergonomic. <laughs> I mean, nope, no, not really. Not. And there are some very creative um, game control mechanisms. Like I think Golden Eye, uh, Golden Eye Double Seven. Golden Eye is in the James Bond game. Yes. Oh. Yeah, there is one for okay. the N sixty four. Um, they basically oh. you 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 play by just holding the middle, the middle prong, and then what you have right. is a gun, because of the Z trigger. Yes. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but of course, yes. So um, stuff like that. But the the because of the way that they've done the um, camera mapping, and I don't know how much of it is actually because of um, <coughs> because on the Nintendo Switch version, you're kind of using you know modern controls but um the the challenge right is that you kind of have certain expectations about as as a modern player right you kind of have certain expectations about what the controls should be doing uh and when you go and play Ocarina of Time on the the N64 version right those expectations are out of whack um so I think the I I'm I'm using a Brawler sixty four uh Brawler sixty four Retro Fighters Brawler sixty four yeah that's what it's called, which is um mm. it has all the same buttons but in a two pronged version, and so I'm kind of like mentally remapping how you go about doing this. Right. So um yes you use you use the analog stick to move, uh and you use the Z button to recenter the camera. Um. Similar to what you know you do on the switch, uh, with the yes. left, um, the ZL button. Uh, that's why Nintendo calls it ZL and ZR, by the way, because right, uh, right, I believe right. yeah, Xbox calls them RT and LT, and I think okay, okay, I don't know what Sony calls them. Yeah. Anyway, um, there is one. Oh, right. Z- yeah. Okay. Yeah button one of the C buttons I think uh, acts as a button where you press it and then it switches the analog control to camera control I think so it's like you you can't control both at the same time really Uh, yeah it's kind of wonky so it is you kind of have to rewire your expectations about where all the buttons Mm. are and what Mm. they do um, which I think contributes yeah. to maybe the difficulty of having seen what 3D games became, going back to the first 3D games and trying to understand how to play them. Right, yes. Yeah. Sorry, I am in the middle of fighting a Frost Talus. I have ah. finally figured out how to fight fucking Taluses. Ah, good. <laughs> good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's partly because I finally hit Goron City and I have a, what the hell is this thing called? A Stone Smasher. Yeah, those are good. Um, yes. The problem is I, I broke one and I have one left and I have to find some more. <laughs> right. Right. I'm, I'm mentally in, 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 um, Tears of the Kingdom mode and I'm like, Oh, don't you have alternatives? Ah. I'm like, no, there are not really alternatives. I you haven't can... finished Valridania, so I don't have Border Breaker yet. Um, I believe there is a Cobble Crusher that you can pick up that's just lying around. I'm not yes, sure. Um, in but the it's city. a lesser weapon, It is, right? it is, it is it, not it, as... yeah, it is the lower tier weapon. 
And then um, yes. the other option that you have, which is not great, um, the iron sledgehammer, which yes, you can which get anywhere. Yeah, I think the yes. double axe. I don't know if the double axe is penalized because it is not a hammer. It's not a blunt weapon. Yeah, it's not a blunt yeah. weapon. Um, but I think the double axe works in a pinch as well. Okay. Yeah. The, in uh, any case, the thing I am, I- that you can do is uh, bomb arrows. Especially now that you have, um, yeah, uh, now that you have Ravali's Gale. Um, yes, I do have Ravali's Gale. Yeah. Which is such a godsend. Yeah, you can do the. <laughs> you were absolutely right. You can. Var Meadow was exactly the second thing I should yeah. have done. You can do the, um, bullet time jump. Are you, how, how, how automatic is it now for you? Uh, pretty good, but it does drain a lot of stamina. It does. So. It does. Yes. And I assume that if you have the Master Sword after two uh, Divine Beasts that... I have 13 hearts and uh, about two and three quarters... Oh, okay. Stamina. Uh, stamina. That's not too bad. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I have been basically doing the everything but the main quest thing. Yeah. So I have opened about 67 shrines, which is more than half. Right. So... And I have about 180 Korok seeds found. Uh. Yeah. So I think where I was going with the thing about um Breath of the Wild, the thing is in yes. okay, in Ocarina of Time you have no guidance, right? I mean in Breath of the yes. Wild you have some, right? You're basically told like some guidance. Yeah, you should do this, you should go there, you should go there. The difference is that in my mind at least, the difference is that um because Breath of the Wild is fully open, you never hundred mm. percent get stuck. On the like twenty different things you have to do, <laughs> right? Mm. If you're stuck yep. on one, yep. you can always say, "Okay, never mind. I'm I'm going to leave it. I'm going to do something else." Um, and it could be that you're legitimately stuck, as in you just don't have enough information or enough stuff to move on. Sure. Or it could be just you know you just need a break from it or whatever. Whereas uh, I think yes. in a more kind of um, traditional Zelda game. Uh, you may not have that option. You're just walled until no. you figure out how to get past this point. Yep. So I think even though um, there is not necessarily more guidance in Breath of the Wild, I think for me what made it much more accessible was firstly, um, it is a is a more refined game. I think it's it's hard to argue with that. Um, just because gaming three D gaming conventions have come much further, I think yes. um, Ocarina of Time. I wasn't around, you know, I wasn't, it's not like I wasn't around when the game came out, but I mean, like, I wasn't um, following, you know, the the Zelda world when Ocarina of Time came out. Yes. So I don't know how people felt about it over time, necessarily, but I think mm. the fact that Breath of the Wild, like, it could be a game that comes out today, and yeah. you would yeah. you would not know. Right, like it has not aged. I would play the. Sh- I would still play the. Sh- I mean, I am you still are, playing. Right? The sh- <laughs> like, the yeah, you, like it has not aged in the six years since it came out. No, um, no, it genuinely feels like it was made yesterday. Right, and right. the fact that you know this is six years old and Tears of the Kingdom is now out, it blows my mind. Right. that holy shit. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, um, I mean, to be fair, right? You know, I, 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 I was never a hardcore gamer, right? And so. I haven't really kept up with, you know, like, latest advances in gaming. But at the same time, what the hell? I, I have to say, right, for a very long time, I considered myself not a hardcore gamer. And the more that I uh, 
examine what created that <laughs> assumption, the less mm. I'm convinced that I am not actually a hardcore. I mean, hardcore in the sense of like, you know, mm. like, oh, okay, you know, I don't, you know, I, 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 I can't like own everybody at a FPS game or whatever. But, um, if you are talking about being conversant about, uh, reasonably wide range of games like no I don't keep up with um, the latest I've never played World of Warcraft uh, me neither right mm, yeah. but it's like I've never played Fortnite I've never played League of Legends so, uh, me you know, neither that's sort of the those are sort of the games that, that people consider you know as sort of being markers of being a hard uh, so here is something right? really interesting because uh, this is also something they alluded to in the console wars um, episode of the acquired um, right. podcast because they actually identified Nintendo as staking out a different position from from um, Sony and, and, and Microsoft and I think this is not necessarily a mystery right I mean Nintendo is the most Apple-like of the gaming companies, right? It's like, you know, we will make yes. our own hardware yeah. and then we will sell for that hardware for our own ecosystem. Yes. And you will buy it because you are going to love our software, which is essentially the Mac <laughs> strategy, right? Um, yes. And you will pay a premium for you it. You will like us because we are better. And also, it's also, if you look at, I mean, now Apple is very dominant with Apple Silicon, but for such a long time... Yes. It's, it's a thing that has been said over and over and over again. You can spec out when it was Intel-based Macs, right? You can spec mm. out a better PC for half the price. And you're paying the Apple premium because you want to use Mac OS. Slightly off topic, according to Linus Sebastian, I listen to his podcast once in a while. Okay. Um, the Nintendo uh, uh, senior management are not paid like megabucks. Okay. They're paid fairly modest salaries. Right. I mean, I think the CEO gets about a million uh, in uh, a year or right. something like that. I think just not, the not a lot. Japanese <laughs> corporate incentive structure is just different. Yeah, like absolutely. Ultimately, yeah. they're still a very they're still a very Japanese company. Um, when it comes down to it, it is very much so. Yeah. 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 So, um, I think what what um they talked about on the Quiet Podcast was that Nintendo is. They are, they are remarkable in that they capture a market that is, that would not otherwise consider themselves gamers. Right. Okay. Yes, right. Yes, yes, yes. And right. Yeah. you get that yeah. with, um, and it is the case that yes, they make consoles that allow them to make games that are very specific to that hardware. Right. Um, yes. but, the part of the appeal of Nintendo is this image of like, hey, it's Mario, it's Zelda, it's Pokemon, and it's not Diablo 4, right? It feels yes. like a family, it feels like it could be a family console. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm saying like, you know, I kind of have to re-examine my assumptions about like not being a hardcore gamer because I mean at the point where I'm taking uh, you know like multiple days a week <laughs> off to watch games done quick okay I've, I have, I've, okay I've not reached that stage I so have maybe I over 300 hours in Tears of the Kingdom 900 hours in Civilization <laughs> 6 <Jesus> Civilization <laughs> 6 I believe all of those 
hours are documented uh, because I I've, I've played them all on Steam, but Civ four oh, and yeah, five, I, <clears throat> I don't. I think Civ four especially. I would. I I don't. Uh, I played a big chunk of it not on Steam, and so I actually don't know how many hours I've spent. Um, well, I recently bought. I mean, this is nostalgia, right? Okay, I the recent Steam sale. Mm-hmm. I saw Age of Empires going for really cheap, but I didn't buy it. Right. What I did buy several months ago was Rise of Nations, which okay. is one of those childhood games. Right, right. right. We, it came out when? When did this game I, come out? I don't know. Um, I never played it, so. A longish time, long, long enough time ago. I mean, Rise of Nations. Um, we are running over our usual one hour we limit, are. but I'm, I'm kind yes. of, Inching towards, you know, let's just keep talking because I think the last episode we did was three months ago. Okay, yes. In any case, I need to go back and cook at some point, yeah. but yeah, I can I can go on for Okay. So Rise of Nations came out 2003. Okay. But it has aged remarkably well. Right. And I just got, I just uninstalled it after 161 hours of playtime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Steam. I mean, that's one of the things I like about Steam. It actually tracks your playtime, which uh, allows you to go. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm going a bit overboard. Yeah. Well, I mean, eight hundred, uh, nine hundred. I don't know my Civ. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my Civ playtime is on the border between eight hundred and nine hundred. No judgment, but yikes. <clears throat> to be fair, <laughs> that game has been out for seven years. Ah, yes, that is so, true. Huh. Okay, anyway, going, going back to... <laughs> and I did also just buy Civ 6 for the first time. Congratulations. As I believe I... Yes, for $5.99. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> anyway. I feel, I feel thusly congratulated. Okay. Um, but yeah, going back to the, the Breath of the Wild thing. I mean, like we've talked about all this stuff, right? And we have actually said very little about the game itself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. We've been, we, no, but you know, it's the other things aside from the gameplay that are really interesting as well, right? It's I mean, the, it's all interesting. It's the whole like just yes, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, for me, I think my 145 hours, um, yes, is a lot, but it was also somewhat railroaded by the fact that I really wanted to finish the game before Tears of the Kingdom came out. Which is, I think, right. well, why, like, the ratio... A foolish assumption. No, no, no. Finish, as in, reach the credits. Oh, defeat... Okay, yeah, I yeah, see. 100%, no. That's that's a different story. <laughs> right? But, like, you know, reach the credits. But, I mean, okay. Yeah, sure. because you have a very specific play style, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and get as close to 100% as possible before defeating Calamity again. Yeah. Which is... I, going to be a challenge. I, I, yeah, I don't. I mean, I, it's the same way for me with Pokemon. Like for me, it's you know, you complete the game, you reach the credits, and then you do whatever you want to get to hundred um, percent. It's, it's the same thing in both Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, where um, it's you. Pro- for me, at least, I try and progress along the game relatively normally, and then um, right. after that, like the stage that I'm in now is just going and trying to get. Two hundred percent. With Tears of the Kingdom, I am at three hundred hours, and I believe my map completion percentage is like sixty-four percent. And okay. I think, like, why there is this differential? I mean, firstly, it is understanding the game mechanics, right? That takes a while. And for me, at the beginning of Breath of the Wild, um, there's definitely a learning curve. 
uh, Tears of the Kingdom, there's also definitely a learning curve. And I think I said this to you when I started playing Tears of the Kingdom, that even for Breath of the Wild player, it's almost overwhelming. The amount of new right. stuff that you have to learn with Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. Um, so I can't really imagine how it is to go straight to Tears of the Kingdom. But I can see that if you go straight to Tears of the Kingdom, there are some, there are fewer things to unlearn as well. So maybe it is not as right. drastic as I, I would have assumed. Uh, I think the other thing that I, right. I mentioned to you, right, when you were first starting to play Breath of the Wild is that, or just before you started Breath of the Wild is that. Just before, yeah. yeah. this is not a, it's not like Pokemon where if it is there, it means that, you know, it is feasible. It's maybe a little bit more like PLA in, in, you know, because mm. you have the alpha Pokemon that, um, are very challenging. Uh, even though they are accessible early, right? Yes. Um, and so in, it's the same with Breath of the Wild, where once you leave the Great Plateau, yes. you are going to be... <laughs> once you encounter your first Lino. Yeah, exactly. You're going to end up in situations <laughs> where... Running is the option. Yeah, like discretion take. is the better part of valor and all that. So... Yes, yes. Yeah, you will have to make choices, right, about whether this is the time to do something or not. And mm. I suspect if we're talking about different play styles, I think that plays into it somewhat, I think. Yes. Because my <laughs> instinct is if I see something that I cannot deal with, whether it is a an enemy or a puzzle, I'm just going to be like, you know what? Next. Can always come back to it later. Whereas I think... I cannot. Yeah, I hyperfix it. Yeah, I'm gonna be exactly. Like, yeah, i got to find a way to clear this before I move on to the next Exactly. Thing. So I think that's one big difference. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I mean, okay, in fairness, I have not defeated a Lionel yet and I have no plans of ever having to... De- I, I will have to deal with one at some point, but yes, haven't defeated a single Lionel yet, but Jesus I mean, I think I, I, I mentioned this as well, that um, when I played Breath of the Wild, it probably took me over 100 hours before I beat my first Lionel. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Then in Tears of the Kingdom, I was probably close to 200 hours on Tears of the Kingdom before I reached a point where I felt uh, comfortable taking on any Lionel. Uh, a Gliok. A Gliok took, sm- took, Gliok took much longer for me. But, okay, right. Gliok's I'm in a position now where if I have the right equipment, I'm fine. Okay. Um, like, I understand how to, to beat them now. Um, without, sure. you know, the ideal equipment, it is not as fun. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, and I probably use more like the way that I'm fighting against them now is not very optimized um, but okay. I think that comes later <laughs> sure. right yeah um, or you know, can go yep. into data mining and be like okay what you know what's the ideal like bow weapon combination that that uh-huh. makes them that makes fighting them like less of a chore or whatever but I mean yeah. if you look at I, I, I don't know I think um to the to to what degree okay after 900 hours in civilization <laughs> i am not a good sure. civilization player right <laughs> like i am not good by any measure um sure. there are difficulty levels that i can beat reliably but um the higher difficulty levels right i i i cannot like i have the achievement for like beating the highest level but i did it by cheesing 
Um, right. Which we we don't have to talk about. Uh, but <laughs> I would say that at this point, like after 300 hours in Tears of a Kingdom, uh, I am not good. Oh, wait a second. My... Hello, can you still hear me? Yes, I can still hear you. Good, okay. Yeah. Um, I literally just got a message that says, System overload. What? The audio engine was unable to process all the required data in time. Oh, God. You can try increasing the I.O. buffer size. Or oh, changing the multi-threading option. Um, the way that it sounds like, doesn't seem like it's RAM. It actually sounds like it is an I.O. issue. Oh, okay. So let's me uh let me go ahead and just continue. Damn it, that silver bokoblin just fell down the cliff. They don't get me. Uh, yeah, that sucks. Okay, I'm just gonna keep continue recording and then yeah, I'll do yeah, it and yeah. another clap. Alright. Okay. Three, two, one. Should I clap as well? Uh I think no need because yours can still be synced okay. from the original clap. Yeah. So Yeah. Um, where were we before my mic? Silver Bokoblin just fell off a cliff. <laughs> um, oh, the thing about 300 hours and, you know, ah, yes, whether yes, you're yes. a hardcore gamer. <laughs> oh. Sure. I, I, okay, firstly, I don't think I can say with I a mean, straight a, face that sure, like... It's such a pointless distinction in the first right? place anyway. So, it's like, it's, yeah. I, I don't think I can say with a straight face that... I'm 300 hours into Tears of the Kingdom. I'm not <laughs> like that. Just yes, feels that's really disingenuous. That's, that's one thing. I think the and, question. You know, of, I mean, there is no one definition of what a gamer is. In right. The first place, so, and, right. Right. I think the other thing is if you're talking you about play like, games, you're a gamer. Yeah. Right. I mean, you don't need to have a Ryzen six or a, a Ryzen seven or a fucking. I mean, I I I think the thing is like if you think if you define gamer as a subculture, that's that's where the problems begin, right? Mm. Um, mm. and I think that's kind of maybe why Nintendo is a little bit, you know, they, they, we always talk about Nintendo being like not quite, they, they don't compete with Sony and Microsoft in, in exactly the same way. Or Activision or Bethesda or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, because. Is Activision even still a thing? I'm not even sure. Uh, I'm not keeping track of that. <laughs> um, but yeah. Because I think their appeal is um, somewhat orthogonal to, you know, your standard like PC games and uh, Xbox and Sony consoles. But anyway, I think there is a a, a little element of like, for example, okay, there is a um, streamer called Point Crow. Point Crow. I, I don't know why I said Crow. Point Crow, um, who mostly does Breath of the Wild. Uh, I am going okay. to link to this, his Wikipedia page because I guess from there you can go on to Twitch and YouTube and whatever. And it doesn't really make sense to put um, a Twitch link in show notes. Like, are you going to really go from mm. your podcast player to Twitch? Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, so he mostly does like Breath of the Wild um stuff although i think he's right. branched out the first time i actually saw the my first encounter with point crow um was actually with ring fit because that was when i was deciding whether to buy a switch and i was like you know the game i'm curious about is ring fit 
but what it's playing actually like um, like you know Ring Fit Let's Play and then Point Crow is the first one on the list so that's actually what I know him for but um, he kind of like came to prominence doing Breath of the Wild and right. he has a video um, that involves defeating a Lionel with a wooden stick <laughs> Seriously. Which, of course, I will put into um, the show notes. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, oh, this oh is dear. The, this is the Google search oh, URL. Dear which me. Sucks. So, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, it's kind of like when you look at that. Oh, you look at the speedrunner, I mean, for that, for that matter, right? It's easy to be like, right. oh, they. Are, they are good at gaming, <laughs> right? Yes. And I am not good at gaming, right? I am like a mediocre yes. gamer. I think, but yes. I, of course, that's a kind of ludicrous. At best, yeah, in my case, right? But I think like that is a ludicrous benchmark by which to decide whether you are a hardcore gamer or not. It doesn't make <laughs> sense. But goblins terrify me. I don't know. You know, <laughs> I, they did when I when I first started. So that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Uh, and like in the beginning, I, there were, there were a whole bunch of, there was a whole bunch of crap that terrified me. Like when I first started playing Breath of the Wild and I hadn't learned to distinguish what was fight music and what was just background music, like the yeah, night yeah, music, yeah, 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 just yeah. the regular night music was like, oh no, enemies are coming or something. Um, yes. before I realized what the sunset fireflies were, I was like, what uh-huh. is that? I'm like, uh-huh. well, stay away I mean, from what, How I figured out what the Sunset Firefly, Fireflies was when they showed up as like, I need I need this to upgrade my armor. It's like, oh, okay, uh, fine. Right. Then, uh, I mean, I've um, I've stopped using Reddit because of the whole Reddit saga, which we will not go yes. over here. Which, right. well, not today. Yeah, not today. Not today. I, I, have, um, I have very little patience with that, yeah. But I was reading on Reddit, um, pre-Reddit saga, that like mm-hmm. there were people who um like there was somebody who in Tears of the Kingdom, right, there are the depths which yes. is yeah, there's the sky and then there's the depths. And in the depths there are these things called light roots. And yes, the depths are dark, yes. right? The depths are dark. Yes. So when you reach a light root, um two things happen. One is it reveals the map around you. Uh, I discovered recently, uh-huh. I assumed that they also light up the area around you, but I discovered recently they don't really have that effect. Or if they do, it's very marginal. Um, right. But they do review the map. That's, that is a difference. Um, the other thing that they do is they, you know, give you, they restore any hearts that you've lost to, to gloom. Um, right, right, which right. again, if you've not played Tears of the Kingdom, doesn't really mean anything to you. But basically, what you need to know is it's light nice. roots are good. No, no, yes. no, light roots are good. Okay, sorry, okay. yes, yes. Light roots are good. Um, gloom is not exactly malice. They, they couldn't do the same thing twice, basically, oh, but it's, it's close. Of course. You can think of them as analogous. Um, yes. and you know, if you play Tears of the Kingdom, again, it's open world. The game does shepherd you very gently in certain directions. Uh, if, you need some direction, right? But uh, it is very easy. The game also does that thing <laughs> where, like, at the beginning, once you have gotten out of the tutorial section, like, immediately there are, like, six different main quests. 
yeah. that are all vying for your attention. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you don't see. Yeah. So, I, I, it's very reasonable. I think that a lot of people, you know, they, they, they play the game and then they are like, wait, there is another thing that I need to get, but where do I get it? And, oh, actually, yes. it was a main quest that was given to me way in the beginning and I just forgot about it. So that's the thing that does happen. But the game does teach you about light routes, right? But only if you follow the quests. Right. But basically, you know, there's mm. a player out there somewhere who went and just did their own exploring and went into the depths and they figured out that, hey, you know, I can figure out how to make my way around by doing this and that. I think they said that uh, Riju in um, Tears of the Kingdom has like an ability um, where basically for, for, for UI reasons, right, um, a bit of shading like comes out from Riju's position and it spreads out and it um, happens to show the contours of the surrounding area. So they use that right. to navigate the depths. Jesus Christ. And then when they saw the light routes, they're like, <laughs> oh, this looks like a terrible thing is going to like come out and attack me. So they just sure. went around without, without activating <laughs> the light routes. Right? And I think, like, like, I'm not at that extreme, but yeah, there is definitely an sure. element of like, you know, uh, this is a game that has a big element of exploration, but I am yes, not ready absolutely. for the exploration. No, I mean, yes. I, 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 I get that this is fun, but at the same time, I can only process so much fun at one go. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it, that's interesting. I don't, I don't um, experience that, that over-intensity effect that you described. Okay. Yeah, for me... The, 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 the first fatigue is physical. Like, you know, if I didn't have that constraint, too, yeah. if I didn't have that constraint, I would probably have more than 300. Well, I don't know if it is possible to have more than 300 hours given that I have a job. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm in grad school. I could do this all day, technically, you know. Right. But yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm you can, by my own. you can do the math and it's probably very close to not possible for me to have more than 300 hours. And I mean, it has tailed off, right? Like in the last week, I played very, uh, relatively little. Relatively little meaning right. less than five hours, <laughs> six hours. I don't know. I don't know how long. I don't know how long I played, right? But like the week that it came out, I mean, I was on it possibly more than my actual job because oh, you are wow. counting time after work. You're counting weekends. I yeah. think it was more than forty hours the week that it came out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's all that stuff. Um, and I am, I mean, I'm still continuing to play it. I I was just playing it and I actually lost track of time in it. And at 9.50, which was 10 minutes before we were supposed to record, I looked at the clock and I was like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) So, well done. And I mean, like last night I couldn't sleep. So I got up and then I started playing. And then like the next time I looked at my clock, it was like three hours later. No, Jesus Christ. It's just a very... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we are reaching that point in our, I don't know. Is there something to be said about age as well, being a factor in this? I I, I feel like there there must be. Um, Yeah. I mean, again, the the immediate week or two that um, Tears of the Kingdom came out, that whole weekend, I was on the game like 10 hours a day. 
right? Jeez. But I think it is a twofold thing. I think firstly, um, there is a natural kind of wearing out of the welcome where, mm. you know, it is fun, but there is a marginal, you know, diminishing marginal benefit sure. of continuing to yeah, get yeah. your fun through this one single game. Um, yeah, sure. And I mean, maybe, fatigue, basically. Yeah, yeah, and maybe possibly for, for gaming in general. I think there is that. I think the other thing is just, you know, uh, because it costs more in terms of, yes. um, yeah, energy, mental and physical. And so then yes. you are, you're kind of looking for more bang for your buck. But I have to say, I think for me, Pokemon, um, Violet reached the point of boredom about 100 and I think I'm at about 150 hours in Violet. Okay. Of okay. which a big chunk at the end was just doing Terra Raids. Mm. Um, and so maybe, you know, at, effectively at about 120 hours, maybe I was kind of done. Like the game was not mm. much more replayable for me at that point. Short of actually it's replaying interesting it. how, I don't know whether this is a steam or, you know, because now we can quantify this, but it also feels like very, in a sense, very adult that we are quantifying all this amount of hours played because it feels like, you know, billable hours <laughs> in the con- consultancy world. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> Uh, it, it <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. When I say that I may have spent more hours Playing Tears of the Kingdom The, the, the first week um, Yeah, I mean I played more hours than I built wait, wait, Let me be clear I was not playing during work hours Right? Um, yeah, of course not But, yeah, but yes. at the end of seven days I, I'm pretty sure um, The number of hours that I had Was more than 40 In the game In the game <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah. Well, which so, is fair. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think it's beneficial in the sense of like, in, in, to put it another way, right? If you're t- thinking about billable hours, um, mm. if in the work context, it's like, okay, you had 40 hours this week. What do you spend it on? And how much of that yeah. goes to bringing in money, right? That's yeah. essentially yeah. why professional services is structured the way that it is. But if yes. you are talking about, you know, adulthood, compared to childhood where you don't care about that stuff, I think <laughs> with adulthood, yeah, for better or for worse, you are looking for a return on your time because I think maybe you're much more aware of how limited it is. <laughs> Perhaps, yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually quantifying the amount of time actually matters more because you, you need to be... Yeah, you know, yeah. you want to know how you're spending your time and, and, and time is money and all that. Yeah. And I think also just the awareness of how much time that you spend at work that you would rather be spending yeah. elsewhere <laughs> adds into yes. to that as well. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I mean, I I would happily continue talking about Zelda, but I don't know. I Honestly, I think where I, we are is a good. pretty good place to yes. stop. Yeah. I'm still playing, but I, uh, yeah, I am now down to two and a half hearts after destroying ah, a mob of I black moblins. I just wanted to say your thing about who was the construction company that built all the shrines. Um, <laughs> so the reason I asked, like, how much of the map have you revealed and what have you done? Um, I did one super insane shrine, which is the one near Goron City. 
Um, Which one is that? Shit. The one with like you have to light multiple blue fires. Oh my god! Ugh. What the fuck was that? I um, bought an ancient bowl to do that hey? because. But you still have to. Fo- um, the multiple blue fires. Are, are you talking about the one, the cube? No, no. This is the one where it's like. Or you, the one where you have the two blue flames, and they are on, on rails, and they are moving, and then you have to shoot between them. Yes. That one. one. Okay. Yeah, that one. Yes. Um. What the fuck was that? Yeah. So I actually bought an ancient bow to do that to do okay. that one because uh, I could not get both blue flames lit at the same time. I could. I managed to, but. Oh. Which bow were you using? Uh, just regular knight's bow. Ah, okay, yeah, because I could not get it with a regular bow. Um, okay. The benefit of the ancient bow is that... Um, I think the description is that it says something like it shoots in a straight line. Not exactly true. Um, what it actually is is that it has a longer range. And so it shoots mm. straight further before it drops. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, so I actually went got an ancient bowl, came back, and then, like... Gosh. Um, and that is, it takes a, a while to get to that point as well, right? You yes. You have stasis and magnesis and... Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. And I, but I think um, if you have done the... Um, the, the, the state inside the shrines, some of it is preserved. So, oh, okay. yeah, okay. the stasis oh, and magnesis sections, you, you do have to redo. But... Yes. Um, like at various checkpoints, I think um, some of the checkpoints you don't have to redo. So okay. y- you can just kind of like walk up to the to that to that blue flame portion and and do that. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I I did it so that I could shoot a single arrow through both of the torches. Yes, two thousand rupees just to shoot a single arrow. Yes. Um, but hey, I mean, it's going back to the thing about in this game, there are multiple ways to accomplish what you yes, need, right? Just so, a, a yeah. cat, yes, correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think for for um, I don't know. The other day, I actually went back and I kind of like I I don't remember what I was doing in Breath of the Wild. I wanted to like check something, and the controls they are sufficiently different that like the UI everything like it's just sufficiently different to throw me off I don't think I could switch between the two games at will from TOT oh I would I would for me at least I would have to go a stretch playing one and then a stretch playing the other it's I don't the rune powers that's different right is it okay the runes are different uh, and I'm assuming that you don't care about Tears of Kingdom spoilers right um, I don't give a shit <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the other thing I have to say is Tears of playing Tears of the Kingdom for me was very satisfying because I I did a big chunk of it I think without um you know looking at guides Spoilers. not that right, guides okay, yeah. in the beginning were all that useful because everybody was figuring out the game at the same time obviously yes. there were like gaming journalists or whatever where clearly they have set up some kind of war room you know and they're like okay <laughs> you go and figure out this mechanic and you go and figure out that mechanic and we all like all write our separate guides on it but <laughs> Jesus Christ or, or, yeah, or whatever yeah. right IGN or whatever yeah yeah but um for the most part like you know getting through the the um temple sequences the dungeon sequences like kind of Try not to 
get spoilers from that. Some are unavoidable sure. because just the amount of stuff in the game um, that you have to figure out by yourself is just insane. Yes. Um, yes. The runes are different, but also how you access them are different. So, mm. um, in Breath of the Wild, you press up, right? And then you use the right analog stick. Yeah. Okay. So, in Tears of the yeah, Kingdom... Yeah, yeah. On the D-pad is reserved for something else. Um, what? Yeah, and so what you do oh, to access the 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 runes or the powers is L. Um, oh. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, that's gonna mess me up. Correct. Okay. And you do L, and instead of left and right, what you have is you have a wheel, right? Oh, so yeah, I've seen that it's L plus yeah, yeah. up. L plus down or whatever and it's eight directions yep. um, I understand why they did that because um, like conceptually what you know left and right are used for shield and weapon right and um, because of the fuse mechanic they had other users for up because up mm-hmm. denotes um, either what you want to throw or what you want to fuse your arrow with, depending on whether you have your right. bow out or not. Um, right. So that is... And and because I think you can throw many other things, I'm trying to recall in Breath of the Wild, can you only throw weapons or can you throw other stuff? I mean, you can throw stones. <laughs> right, but like, like if you have an apple, can you throw that? Uh, oh, actually... Ah, uh, no, I don't think so. You can you drop it. Right, exactly. Yeah, so in, in Tears of the Kingdom, yeah. you can. Uh, and, I mean, obviously, throwing apples doesn't do much. Um, <laughs> yeah, throwing apples doesn't really do much, but there are other things in the game that are beneficial if you throw, right? Uh, yes. Or as an example, I, I mean, would imagine, yes. you have bomb flowers, you can just throw them instead of shooting bomb I flowers if you prefer. I have seen mechanic and it terrifies me, yes. Yeah. So that's that's what up is used for. And I think like yes, as a logical grouping, that makes much more sense than up being used for the, the runes, right? In in this situation. Um but then now the runes have to go somewhere, so they put it on L. Right. Which right. remind me in Breath of the Wild they were used to activate the The rune power. The rune power. So you choose the, the selected rune power. Yeah, so you choose with yeah. up and then you activate with L. Mm. Um, yes. Yeah, and I, uh, a lot of players, I think, commented on that. Like, there were memes about it <laughs> where, you know, like, you meant to do something, right? Yep. But then you and you use yep. the Breath of the Wild um, controls instead. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so it's like, you know, you press up, which put, brings the like material. I think um, the materials um, menu instead of instead of the what you would expect, which is the runes. Um, sure. And then somebody commented, like, you know what is worse is when you have adapted to this and then you go back to Breath of the Wild and you keep blowing yourself up. <laughs> so yeah, they As are someone who has blown myself up several times. With the uh, with the bomb, the bomb arrows. Uh, ah, yes. Uh, I I I feel your pain. Yeah, 
And uh, now that you are in Goron City, yes, uh, took me a few tries to learn that lesson <laughs> as well. Oh, Goron City and the freaking the fire mechanic. I mean, my God, just mm. getting the flame breaker armor was such a pain in the ass. Yup. But anyway, yep. yes. So enough about Zelda. I mean, it it's certainly been interesting. It's not been this. Well, it's been a bit of a time sink, but not as much as I was fearing it would be. The way Pokemon tends to be a time sink. I I mean I've been productive. I've I've got work done. Zelda so is definitely a, a bigger time sink for me than Pokemon. So, right. Yeah. I mean, in, in my case, it's really the you know I can, you know, I'm describing this as me being overstimulated, perhaps. Right. Right. Uh, after say an hour, two hours of play, and so I was like, okay, I need to step off, and now is when I will send a couple of emails. Right. <laughs> Right. Which makes sense to me. And I think, I mean, we, we've talked a little bit about like potentially what ADHD might, you know, might have or ha- not have to do with this. But uh, And also sure. like different play, play styles and whatnot. But I think, to be fair, one very big difference between how we get to approach our gaming is that my job is a 9 to 5. Your job is I mean, I, grad school. My correct. job is a 24 7 job. Yeah, I mean, I get to put it down and be like, mm. no, I mean... It's linking 40 hours. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, for me, like, it is very easy to say, like, okay, this time is dedicated to gaming, which I think you don't have the privilege yes. of doing that because all I, your time is, in theory, dedicated to grad school. To, <laughs> dedicated to the pursuit of knowledge. Yes. Which, in this case, uh, includes Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean the pursuit of rupees, shall we say? <sighs> yeah. Anyway, I I wanted to ask. Um, going back to the construction thing, which we veered off way of course on, like who built the shrines and is there a construction company yes. in in Hyrule? Um, has your that lake- should be a meme though. What? I'm. Are you sure that it is? It is not. We are. We are getting there. Um, in in your game, has Link bought a house? I am, but I am saving up the freaking three thousand rupees to buy the goddamn house. Okay, so you have met Balson and his construction. I have met Balson, yes, and okay. I am aware of the subsequent like quest line that you you open up Terry Town or something like that. Is it? Yes, correct. So in Breath of the Wild, it is Balson, and he has his two henchmen, yes. Carson and Hudson. Uh, yes. and then. Um, again, since you don't care about spoilers, right? You do that whole thing. You build your house. When you have fully outfitted your house, Balson goes, Oh my god, you housing monster. That is his line of dialogue. Um, <laughs> and he says, like, there is nothing more that I can build for you. Basically, your house is perfect and complete. Right. Um, right. and then at that point, um, at that point, that is when Hudson, Leaves for Tarrytown, right? For business expansion ah, yes. reasons. Yeah. Then yes. you go to, you go and find Hudson in, in Tarrytown and then he says like, hey, I need this, I need that, I need, I'm trying to find people to come and settle in Tarrytown and even the settling part is, is your problem apparently. Um, <laughs> but you cannot just find anybody. You have to find people whose names end in Sun. Yes, of course. So, hey, that- pro tip, by the way, if you haven't realized this, anytime you meet somebody whose name ends in Sun, just mark them on your map. 
Um, oh god, shit. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. after um in, in when you go through the whole Terrytown thing, right? Uh eventually what happens is they fully built Terrytown and Hudson gets married. Um uh-huh. Yeah, Hudson gets married and then they okay. invite Bolson and Carson over for the wedding. Uh and right. then if you do all of that and then you talk to Hudson uh no, you talk to Bolson and Carson in Terrytown. Uh there are some people who say don't talk to them once they have arrived in Terrytown for the wedding because um if you ha- if you talk to them after the wedding, they will go back to Hateno Village and they will stay outside right. your house forever. Oh God, unwanted guests. Yes. <laughs> so if you wish, you can leave them in Terrytown. Just don't ever talk right. to them again. Um, right, for no material benefit anyway, right? Yeah, so. there's no benefit. But if you do, and you go back, uh, they go back to Hateno Village, uh, and then you talk to uh, Bolson there, he says like, you know, I think I'll retire. So... <laughs> Uh, but then he 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 doesn't seem to actually do anything. He just sits in front of your house. So, right. Um, what happens in Tears of the Kingdom is oh. one of the very if you if you if you uh, have played Breath of the Wild, this is one of the pleasant surprises, right? Of like you know discovering what everybody's been up to in the intervening time. Um, yes. How many years have intervened? The estimate the is three to five. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Link looks the same. Zelda looks the same. Um, right, but that's because they have the they have blood of the goddesses. Essentially, yes. I mean, every character honestly looks the same except for one, uh, which you all have met since you have completed um, you have completed Varmedo. Uh, Tulin grows up. I, I I should I should not say that oh. Tulin and the Rito kids grow up. So okay, that's actually okay. how that's actually what people have been using to estimate <laughs> the change in age because like, everybody else honestly just looks the same. They're like, oh, you know, like Even you know, Sidon. Oh, but Sidon lives three hundred years. Um, yeah, yeah, Sidon is Sidon, by the way. I think it's yeah. Sidon because it's Poseidon. Sidon. Poseidon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, virtually everybody else <laughs> looks exactly the same. Um, yeah, only the the Rito kids have grown up, uh, evidently. So. In, um, because their lifespans are shorter anyway. Yes, so. correct. So, when you first kind of like rediscover this new Hyrule, right? One of the yes. first things that you're bound to run into is Hudson construction. Because oh, remember, Bolson God. has retired and Hudson yes. has built his empire. And yes. all over Hyrule, you will find piles of wood just marked as Hyrule reconstruction materials. So what happened was, in the intervening time, Princess Zelda said to Hudson, Hey, I want to put you in charge of reconstructing Hyrule, right? After the Calamity. Yes. And so yes. all over Hyrule, you'll find these random piles of wood that are marked Hudson Construction, <laughs> Hyrule Reconstruction <laughs> Materials. And of course, they are not just there randomly. They're there because of Ultra Hand. Um, it's for yes. you to build your okay. little contraptions and whatnot. Um, and yes. again, your megazords. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not sufficient by themselves, but it's a big chunk of it. Yes. And uh, all over Hyrule, um, their employees are spread out far and wide, right? Um, <laughs> but they all have names ending in Sun. 
And also, Hudson seems to have not just built a construction empire, he seems to have built a cult. Where, if you go to Terrytown, <laughs> if you go to Terrytown, everyone is just making puns about sun. Oh, no. All the time. All oh, the time. God. Oh, he has turned... Yeah, okay, he has built a cult for himself. Oh, God. Yes. And... Uh, if you have not heard about this, by the way, um, I, I firstly, I'm like, well, you've actually done a very good job avoiding Tears of Kingdom spoilers, but there is, uh, you know, um, you have the Korok quests, you have like, um, yes. you know, the shrines, all the things that are secondary to the goal of defeating Ganon, right? But of course. Um, in Tears of the Kingdom. Well, not secondary, but, you know, orthogonal. Orthogonal maybe is the better word, yes. Well, okay, to be fair, the shrines give you hearts and stamina. The Korok seeds yes, give you exactly, inventory. Yeah. Yeah, well, so this one is completely useless. <laughs> okay? This mechanic in Tears of the Kingdom does nothing to help you defeat Ganon. Uh, other than, like, you know, getting, like, rupees and, like, stuff. Like, rewards, right? Okay. Um, so, there are a whole bunch of Hudson uh, employees around. Carson has become Hudson's, like, you know, right-hand man, essentially. Um, but in the, I don't know where they came from because they were certainly not there in Breath of the Wild, but in Tears of the Kingdom, they have managed to find a whole army of people whose names are Ninsen. So there's Bryson, Sawson, and there is this one guy called Addison. And, um, when I say that Hudson has built a cult, right? Addison's job is to go around Hyrule and put up Hudson construction signs. Right? Very normal, actually, if you think about it. I mean, like, you know, it's sure. just like putting up billboards or whatever. But, okay. um, Edison, he is a bit dim. And he has these signs, right? They are on signposts. But he cannot figure out how to secure the sign oh, no. uh, without it falling over. Oh, no. So every time Link comes across Addison, he's holding for dear life onto a sign on a signpost. And oh no. the sign will be variously configured, right? So sometimes um, it will be like heavier on one side and the other. Sometimes there will be two sides and then like weird, you know, like um, joints between them. Or sometimes there will be a small cutout. There's a hint that you should use it somehow to secure um secure it to the ground or whatever but basically he will just stand there and he will be like i need to secure this sign somehow but um i can't let go or president hudson will fall over and that is Me unacceptable thinks whoever this was he might have married his sister yeah rather um <laughs> unfortunately and um so what you as link have to do is uh, very often hand. yeah very often um, Edison will be found next to one of these piles of Hyrule reconstruction materials you use Ultra Hand you find a way to scaffold the sign so that when Edison lets yeah. go President Hudson doesn't fall to the ground because apparently that is the problem oh my god then at that point Edison will say 
oh my god, okay, let me secure him uh, while I can. Um, like apparently it's you know like it's like you know like the American flag must not touch the ground kind of situation. Like yes, flag the President bullshit, Hudson yes. face cannot touch the ground. Correct, correct, because he is our God and leader. He is the earthly embodiment so, of the goddess Hylia. I mean. No, but yes. So, so there are eighty-one of these signs around Hyrule. Oh my god! So <laughs> this is worse than the fucking Korok. Seeds. And every time, well, I mean, there are one thousand Korok seeds in Tears of Kingdom. Oh, so, well, so there's that. I, I guess the Koroks found a way to reproduce. Jesus Christ! Uh, and shit more as well. Well, yes, technically, yes, because each seed is a Korok. Is from a Korok, so it, yes, right, yes. Anyway, it's a unique poop from a Korok. I am aware. <sighs> yes, so, um, Edison is, I mean, he has all the qualities of you know, the all the characters that, like Beetle, for example. How how is it possible that Beetle? How is it possible that Link fast travels from one shrine to another shrine? <laughs> And Beetle is at the next table. Yep. On foot, apparently. But anyway, Edison has that quality as well. Like, you can be here, and then you fast travel somewhere else, and suddenly he is holding up a sign somewhere else, and like, who knows what happened to the first sign? Oh, never mind about that. There are 81 of these. <laughs> Maybe there are 81 Edisons, I don't know. Um, anyway. Um, I mean, Edison could just be a, yeah, I mean, you know, Eddie's son, right? Maybe Eddie was very, uh, very prolific. I mean, prolific. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, every time you talk to him, it is the exact same spiel. He will says, <laughs> "Oh, it's you. Thank you for your help earlier. Um, but you know, now I'm holding on to a different sign, but I am still stuck. And I don't know. Like it just never occurs. And every time you solve one of the Edison puzzles, right? Like you, you build something." So that the sign doesn't fall when he lets go, he says, Oh, brilliant. I would never have thought of that. 81 times. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, right. I mean, some people are like that. And of course, right. If you, if you fail, right. If the sign falls over, he's like, Oh, unacceptable. Yeah. And then you retry and then you talk to him again, right. To, to say like, please, you know, let go of the sign so we can see that it yes. stands. Um, and then, uh, the second time, he he doesn't literally repeat the same thing. Like, he doesn't ha- he, he he doesn't have the memory of a goldfish necessarily, right? It's like if you talk to him thirty <laughs> seconds apart with the sign falling in between, he doesn't repeat like, "Oh, it's you." No, <laughs> I mean, thank God, uh, he will say, "What is it? I need to focus," or something <laughs> like that. Like, what what is it? Um, you know, like I can't. I I'm trying to do my job or something like that. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> so yes, I mean, oh, if you're talking brilliant. about, if you're talking about, you know, are there construction companies in Hyrule? I mean, well, yes, you've got it coming. Clearly, there are. Yes. <laughs> and um, <laughs> to be fair, um, while not all the Hudson uh, construction employees are the brightest bulbs, um. <laughs> there's literally one moment I think where like you um go and get Carson for some quest um 
Oh, I remember. Okay, so in in Tears of the Kingdom, well, if you if you go to Rito Village, the bridge leading there is broken. Uh, which of oh. course means that I was like, oh, you're supposed, you know, can I build a bridge to Ultra Hand across? Um, I mean, this is a case where you say can is can, <laughs> but, but it's not, it's not the intended solution actually. Um, right. But that's a different story. Anyway, you get into, you get into Rito Village and then you, you know, deal with the, the temple there and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? The immediate crisis for the Rito is over, but, um, the bridge is still broken. And so, you know, they're like, right. hey, can you go and get someone from from Hudson Construction and get them to come here and rebuild the bridge and fix the bridge? And so you go back to um, to Lookout Landing, which is a new settlement in Tears of the Kingdom. Mm. You go back to Lookout Landing and then you look for Carson. And he's like, okay, I, I, I get that. There's a job in Rito Village, but uh, I have to fix this table first. Except apparently he cannot figure out how to fix the stable and Link has to do it. And I'm like, <laughs> like you are literally so, okay. first the second in command at Hudson. Well, not second in command exactly. He's meant to be like the top carpenter. Ronson is right. the quote unquote second in command, but yes. I'm like, do you not well, you in pick a sense, up this it is piece a mirror of, wood of every single. And then you rotate it like this. It's not that you put it there. And then he's like, oh my god. You did it. Yes. I mean, you are the carpenter, but sure. It's, it's, well, it's a mirror of every single, um, construction company in the world, to be fair. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, the, the, the way that Tears of the Kingdom, um, portrays Hudson is that Hudson is very capable. And, um, yes. That's his, Kang. Uh, his uh employees <laughs> it, are you know wrong? like varying levels of It's Pachukang. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I I mean personally I would It put seems like a universal theme. Edison at the bottom. Right. Yeah. But of course. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean yeah, I also yeah. have to say so in, in in Breath of the Wild you have the Shika Towers of unknown provenance. Yes. Right? Um yes. in Tears of the Kingdom the way that the game starts, you have met Pura, presumably. Um, I've met Pura. Yeah. The way that the game starts, right, is, you know, there is the opening cutscene where Link loses his arm and then he awakes mm. in the sky with a new arm um, from some mysterious person, um, from a ghost, actually. Um, but anyway, and then you have the Great Sky Island, which, of course, is analogous to the Great Plateau. That's where you do your initial four shrines. You get your yes. the equivalent of the runes, right? Which are powers that come from the hand. Um, kind of. We're not going to yeah, get into yeah, lore everywhere. and everything. Um, nope. And then um, you jump down straight to Earth. Okay. Uh, or straight into Hyrule Kingdom. And you arrive at Lookout Landing, which is a outpost, right? Um that was set up to look for Zelda and Link when they went missing. Oh. Oh, they were, oh, okay. Right, because, I mean, the, 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 I'm, I actually, I watched one, um, Tears of Kingdom trailer before, before the game came out, but other than that, I did not watch anything. What, there, there were people who dissected the trailers. 
right before the game came out and they right. knew way more about it than, than I did going in. But for me, I, I knew only what was in the third trailer. And um, the mm-hmm. game actually opens with its many years past, it's about three to five years past the events of Breath of the Wild. Um, Link has recovered all his hearts and all his stamina. Uh, yeah. And he has the Master Sword, right? And he and yeah. Zelda are going underneath Hyrule Castle to investigate reports of gloom that mm-hmm. are seeping out. And that's when Gandalf... And yes, and it turns out basically that the gloom is actually because Ganondorf was sealed underneath um, Hyrule Castle by Roru, who was the first king of Hyrule. And the seal wore off, which is why the gloom is seeping out. Right? Mm. And when they arrive there, they arrive there just as the seal is broken. Um, yep. And then the upheaval happens and 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 Zelda falls into a, well falls into a chasm but not entirely Zelda right. falls into a chasm and um disappears right mm. and Link is trying to catch her right but then before he falls into the chasm the mysterious right arm that is that was holding Ganondorf down reaches out and snatches yep. him and then he awakes on Sky, yep. on Sky Island with with the right hand Okay, so that's the the opening cutscene. So now, as far as everybody on Hyrule is concerned, or in Hyrule, I say on Hyrule because I'm thinking about the sky. But yes, as far as everybody in Hyrule is concerned, <laughs> on Hyrule, yeah. yeah, um, Zelda and Link have just gone missing, right? And so the citizens of Hyrule organize, they self-organize, very um, um, enterprising people that they are, and um, they assemble a settlement called Lookout Landing. Which is just in front, is in dead middle, right. dead middle of yes. the of the map, basically. Um, yeah, to look for Zelda and Link, right? And of course, when Link just whoop, whoop, jumps down from the sky, they are like, <laughs> "Oh, oh, okay." So the half hour work is done, evidently. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then basically Pura, I think, is like the the organizer of all of this, basically. So, yeah. Right. Um, the immortal Pura. Yes, the immortal Pura, who has figured out how to reverse some of the effects of her anti-aging, <laughs> and she is now permanently right. 20 years old. Okay. Um, but, I mean, with the wisdom of 120 years old. What so, a fucking annoying character she is in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Just you wait. Um... Oh God! Anyway, in any case, if we are coming up against the two-hour mark. Yes, we should probably. So let me just. I need to go and cook. Okay, let me just tie I'm this making off. Making batang, which is going <laughs> to take time. Um. Yes. Yeah. So let me just tie this off. I, I I mentioned all of this stuff, right? Because we are coming up. We're. To- I was talking about the Shika Towers. So yes, the, Shika the Towers. equivalent mechanic in Tears of Kingdom is the Skyview Towers. How mm. did the Shiga Towers get into Breath of the Wild? We don't know. We just pretend this is, this is hand wavy, ten, ancient technology. Yes. Um, presumably, after Calamity was over, they dismantled everything or they descended back into the ground. I don't know. But um, in the time that, you know, Zelda and Link would disappear and that Link spent up on the Great Sky Island learning to use his new right hand. Um, Pura went and mobilized the people of Hyrule very, very quickly, evidently, and um, 
she got Hudson Construction to build Skyview Towers, which are your right. new Shika Towers, essentially. Yes. And um, just like in Breath of the Wild, right, where the first one or two towers are essentially free, and then the rest all have a thing that you have to do before you can get to the top, right? Like there's gloom on mm. the bottom or like you have to like burn yep. thorns or God knows what. Okay. Um, yep. Same thing for Skyview Towers. But invariably... Okay. Okay, I won't say invariably. Sometimes it's, you know, there are monsters, there's a monster camp, you know, around the Skyview Tower or whatever. Mm. But like half of them, right? Like you get to the Skyview Tower and then there will be a, there will be a confused looking Hudson construction employee saying like, <laughs> um, um, it's not How working. Yeah, it's oh. not working. Or like I came here to repair the tower, but uh, I am missing something or like, oh no, the door is stuck. <laughs> or like in one case um somebody got himself trapped in a cave and you need to free him so that you can use the skyview tower and just like wow what a uh i mean hudson himself seems to be pulling over time if these are the people that have been reconstructing hyrule because uh <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> Anyway, yes, yeah, we are we are coming up against <laughs> yes, the logistics of construction. Clear, I mean, clearly they thought about it, but Jesus Christ, these shrines. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. yes. Anyway, we've been talking about this for two hours. <sighs> There's more to say. Oh, there is a lot more but, to uh, say. I think we should just leave this here at the risk of becoming a gaming podcast. <laughs> I mean, we already had one episode that was all just Pokemon trades, but yeah, that is true. Um. Yes. Anyway. I think, I mean, since the last episode, the, I think in the last episode was recorded, I had not played Breath of the Wild. So I think uh, this is probably worth talking about <laughs> if you consumed about 350 hours of my life. Uh, anyway. Uh, I still don't know how to do the fucking backflip, but anyway, and the flurry. Uh, I did not learn that until probably Tears of the Kingdom, to be honest. Oh. And even then, I use it very sparingly. And in for various right. reasons, I think it it's less useful in Tears of Kingdom. But yeah, okay. okay. Well, I'll, I'll actually say this before I wrap up. But I think, um, in my opinion, the backflip and the flurry rush is really only beneficial in one-on-one -on -one combat. Um, if you have a group right. of enemies to deal with, don't don't bother. Bomb arrows. Uh, I mean, yeah, bomb arrows. But the thing about it is because um, the flurry rush, right? is you are not invulnerable during the flurry rush. Which is why oh. if you have a yeah, if you have a group of if you're fighting a group of enemies, the flurry rush is actually not beneficial. Um oh. because you can still be hit. Right. Yeah, and okay, okay, so okay. you want to you definitely use it against Lionels or any other one on one situation, but yeah, yeah, uh yeah. in a group you either want to pick them off one by one or you want to do something that has area of attack. Um, yeah. double-handed weapons, very useful, because the charge attack is a spin. Well, I mean, oh. single-handed weapons, they are also a spin, but then you take time to charge, right? So yeah. you don't hit them in yeah. a spinning motion. You charge and then you yeah. hit all of them at once. Whereas it's double-handed, you charge and you spin as you hit. So that's how you get a group of enemies off of you. 
Right, right, right. I haven't done. I haven't clearly learned that yet, but no. I will. I will figure it out at some yeah. point. Anyway. Yes. Now to figure. But yes. Anyway, uh. I have just learned how to defeat uh, taluses, so I am quite happy with myself. Good. I think I'm very cool. smart. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that is the thing, though. Like when you play Zelda and you figure something out, like that is part of the it appeal. Good. Yes, yes. That is part of the appeal. Okay. Um, let's finally wrap this up. This is Monkey Mind episode 37. At least I think it's 37. That's what I have written down. But I actually don't know. Um, assuming it is 37, you can find the show notes at monkeymind.xyz slash 037. It has been three months since, um, we did this. So I actually had to think about what to say. I was like, uh, is there anything else between yes. XYZ I mean, slash gets in the way, 037? Yes. Anyway. That's why you can find the show notes. And, uh, I mean, at this rate that we are going, we'll probably talk again in three months, but let, hopefully not. Anyway, whatever. Well, okay, wait, when is our next one scheduled for? Uh, I think ostensibly it is the, ah, my calendar is not staying in place, but because why? It might coincide with me being in a different state. Um, on paper. Well, on paper, I say on yes, paper, but on my calendar, it is August six for me. Yes. Okay, because I ah okay, that is the week I will be in Boston. Okay. Anyway, um, yes. scheduling stuff, we, we will, will figure, figure it, out. it out. But um, yes. uh, who knows when the next episode will be? So you get an extra long one this time. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. Bye bye.